Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-host is Victoria Monday. And down in the chat room, Alina moderating the chat. A fantastic show coming up for you this evening. Our good friend, paranormal author Sam Baltruces, and clairvoyant as well. We'll talk about that. Uh, is with us to talk about the curse of Lizzie Borden. So you may have seen him on the documentary, The Curse of Lizzie Borden, streaming on Discovery+. Plus. Of course, he's the author of, what is it, Sam, now? 13, 14 books. Yeah, we're coming up on 14. So Ghost of the American Revolution is number 14. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about that book here uh, coming up. And you've seen him on, on many, many shows. So, uh, Sam, welcome. Thank you guys for having me on again. It's exciting to be on the show. Hey. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have you. Um, had you on the Shadow Dimension documentary. I really enjoyed your input on in that, talking about your your experience with the Hat Man, which we're not talking about this evening, but everybody else, <laughs> you guys can check that out later. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk to you um, a, a lot about, because this is kind of our Halloween episode uh, this evening, the the curse of Lizzie Borden, which uh, is really an interesting, and, and I, I find this extremely fascinating, uh, extremely interesting from your viewpoint, because you actually are related to the Borden family. I am. So not once, but twice. Uh, so I... My mother, who is a genealogist uh, by, you know, just like she decided to do it on when she retired. And she uncovered a lot of family ties that really kind of made my life make sense. Uh, the first one was the we were related to the Putnam family, who were the major accusers during the Salem witch trials. And I've written two books on on Salem. I was a, a tour guide in Salem for, for 10 years. But then she dropped the, another bombshell. She's like, Sam, Sam, a I think we are related to the Borden family. And I'm like, oh my God, mom, I can't handle that right now. Uh, and then she actually uh, showed me the connector. The connector is Innocent Cornell Borden. And Innocent Cornell was the daughter of Thomas Cornell, who actually was executed for uh, for murdering his mother in the 1600s. So... Uh, so yeah, there, there, there's more blood in our family line. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of uh, perpetrators and victims. Well, yeah, and that was pretty fascinating because you talked a little bit about that on the television show. And here's here's the four of you for the curse of Lizzie <laughs> Borden. You talked about some of that uh, during the show, including um, uh, Eliza and um, who was the other one? I. I so Sarah Maria Cornell, she uh, she's also a distant cousin. Sarah was a mill girl who, uh, you know, it's a case that I've written about before where she uh, she came from a, a sort of a, a prominent family, but she was a mill girl kind of traveling throughout Massachusetts and Lowell. Uh, she was also in um, in Rhode Island and she was what we believe was murdered by the Reverend Ephraim Avery, who, uh, you know, who may or may not have been the father of her unborn child. So she was, uh, she was executed, she was hanged in, on a stockpole, which is like a, like a collection of rocks uh, and brutally, what we believe was brutally murdered because she was pregnant. The, the thing, the evidence that uh, was used, used in the court against Ephraim Avery was a letter that she wrote saying, if I go missing, uh, please reach out to the Reverend Ephraim Avery from Bristol, Rhode Island. And so she, um, she kind of foreshadowed her, her, her demise. Uh, and, uh, and so I think that, that that case was also the crime of the century in the 1800s. And Sarah Maria Cornell, uh, is in my opinion still lingering in the afterlife, and we need. I I would like to find to revisit that case as a clairvoyant and as a as a researcher to give her some post mortem peace. But he was acquitted yeah. too, wasn't he? He was acquitted. Yep, yeah. just like Lizzie Borden was acquitted. Just mm. like Lizzie, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, with Eliza, that was now. I always thought that um, the, the the tragic story with her and the children happened on the on that property, but. In the documentary, you said it was next door. So it's the, the property next door? Yeah, so the, the space that's right next to the, the Second Street house uh, was, was so it's not the, the, house, like the house that's currently standing there, but it was on the property. Eliza Borden uh, had three children. Two of them, she uh, she she murdered by throwing them down a, a well. Uh, and then her, uh, she took her husband, Lodwick's uh, straight razor, and, and sliced her neck with it. 
Uh, so Eliza Borden, we thought for many years was it, re- it was related to postpartum depression. Uh, but when I was connecting with her, I got a completely different story. Okay, there's my question. Thanks for the the, the little <laughs> the segue. Pathway. Yeah, the segue. Okay, there you go. When she um, killed her children, do you think she killed them to keep them away from the demon, the monster she was calling him, or was she like already possessed and taken over, and then she killed him? And also, <laughs> um, she threw him in the well. So was the well connected to Lizzie Borden's house? Is that water supply there? All right, so so the property, the property, you know, this happened 40 years before the murders that happened in the Fall River in 1892. So it was mm-hmm. August 4th, 1892, when the Borden murders happened. This Eliza killing her children was 40 years before. Um, and so when it comes to my channeling session, so I'm, I'm going to recount like what happened. Uh, so sure. I was sitting on on the couch, and a lot of people ask me, "Is that the was that the same couch where he was murdered?" Absolutely not. It just it's a replica. But the energy is still there. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of picking up on the energy. Um, I came on the show to be a talking head. So Dave Strader uh, reached out to me. He's like, Sam, I want someone to talk about the family, the Borden family. So I wasn't supposed to be channeling. That wasn't my role uh, in, in the show. But she came through. So Eliza sort of, she comes into the room. Uh takes me over completely takes me over which is not a uh, when you're someone that is clairvoyant you don't want to be completely taken over but she had a lot to get off her chest mm-hmm. uh when she i was there i walk into a like a like a dark room with a woman brushing her hair so the actress that was playing uh, eliza borden in my opinion nailed it uh in regards to capturing the emotion and what i was seeing as a clairvoyant and so she was brushing her hair and the conversation, we only saw a snippet of what really happened. Dave Schrader was uh, doing the Holzer method, which is uh, I was the, the the deep trance channeler that Hans Holzer would use in his investigations. And Dave Schrader was leading me on the journey to ask questions of, of Eliza. One of the questions that, that Dave did ask is, why did you kill your children? And so my response to like channeling Eliza was... Uh, was keep them away from them or from him and 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 that's i i didn't know i said that when i was in the channeling session because i was in the back of the room if that makes any sense yeah. in the back of the room and so uh when i saw the video i was i was i was blown away by what came out of my mouth uh and, and the emotion that was evolved but uh she was she was talking about a, a monster a, like a, there was a monster in the room and almost she was a keep him away from him so i don't know if she's talking about her husband or talking about the demon I'm, i i interpret it as keeping away from the 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 demon almost like she was trying to protect him i will say her only motivation in the afterlife is to save those children and she feels like the children are being oppressed by this dark force in the house and she um she like that's what she wanted me to do and that's what i did like that was my mission uh, during the, during filming the show was to save those children. You have to sometime as a mom, you know, make the hard decisions. And I, I can't even imagine what she must've been going through. And that's the hardest decision with to take their lives. But if it was well, to protect them, you know, well, that's understand. the thing. I mean, like if she was under and the, the whole idea, like this entity, I feel, uh, you know, this is just a theory, but I feel like that that the entity did take people over and they lost consciousness. We mm-hmm. saw that actually in the seance. The two p- people that were taken over, Dave Schrader and Luan Jolly, both were taken over by a dark force. So it can't happen. Uh, but so, I, I mean, I don't necessarily know if she was trying to, to kill the children to save to save them from the demon or she was under possession. I'm probably more in the school that she was under possession. Mm. Yeah, and the seance was very interesting because at at first, you know, with with Davis seemed like you know perhaps Lizzie was coming through, but then as it went on, it seemed very very different. Like somebody was perhaps in impersonating Lizzie. It seemed like a very very uh, different and darker spirit. Yeah. So when we're at the table, we were getting um, surrounded by this energy that was uh, going around us uh there was a portion of the seance where i opened the the seance and i was almost in essence baiting this darker and this entity uh and i was talking and uh, and i was uh, i was channeling but i was channeling uh 
Bridget Sullivan, who was the maid that was in the house. Uh, and I started calling my, like, while I was like channeling her, I was calling her, uh, calling her Maggie and she would never call herself Maggie. In fact, she hated that name. <laughs> so uh, then so, how did she like, get the name? <laughs> so Maggie was, was actually, a nickname for her. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Emma, the, the, the older sister and, and Lizzie called all their maids, Maggie. Uh, it was ah, almost okay. like a, like a, like, like, Oh, Maggie, the, like, and they're like Maggie. Uh, and her name was actually Bridget, Bridget Sullivan. And, uh, and I, I've communicated with Bridget over and over again. And she hated when she, being called Maggie. Uh, so she never would call herself Maggie. So there was a period where I was, I was also under two, but they didn't include that into the, in the show. And, uh, I was channeling the entity and I was almost baiting it to the table. And then that's, that's when it, it came to the table. So you brought the big guns. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And, and I, I tried to, so the, the way it was working mm -hmm. was, so Chris was across, across the table from me. Dave was to my right. Uh, Luann was to my left. So Dave, Dave was taken over. Uh, I, I've known Dave for a while and seeing him, like he was fighting it. So the thing was, he was, you know, automatic writing, which is something that you see often Cindy uh, Keza on, on the Holzer right. files do. And he was, he was, and you know, had the pen in his hand writing. And I, you know, I, I think that whatever was doing it was what I call crazy Lizzie. Uh, so there is a splinter personality of Lizzie Borden that I feel like that is still in the house. And I've, I've experienced crazy Lizzie over and over again. And I think that's what took him over. And there's a part that Dave says, it's, I don't think it's a woman. I don't think it's a woman. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that he's referring, it, it's, it's crazy Lizzie that was taking him over. Now what took over Luann was the dark entity that, that I baited to the table. Wow. Okay. So, and, and I know everybody wants to know, you know, did she, or did she not do it? And I, I know you have an opinion on that. So, but it, to me, it's a very, very interesting case because, um, you know, after the event happened, and, and Sam, you believe that that she did it, and I, I believe that as well. Um, aside from all the partying at Maplecroft, I mean, she grew up. To, I mean, she grew old and, and passed away. Um, have a, you know, a photo of her at Maplecroft with a dog. She seems like a. I mean, I would see this as like somebody's elderly, nice grandmother. So. Right. Very complicated character in history. She is. And I, I, you know, you know, Mike, I came in um, before I knew I was related to her. I had a very black and white take on Lizzie Borden. I thought that she was a crazed woman who, you know, who murdered her, her stepmother and father. Uh, after writing my book called Mass Murders, where I was like, actually able to go to Maplecroft, I, I got to know her uh, as a clairvoyant and communicate with her. And I feel like that if Lizzie's spirit is, is at a location, it's not on Second Street where the murders took place. It's at Maplecroft. And her actually her, her puppy that's in her hand right there uh, walked up to me while I was communicating with her. And she said a couple of things to me uh, that I will never forget. And she said, you know, call me Lizbeth. And that's the name she took on mm -hmm. later in life. Uh, she's like, don't ever call me back to that house again. And I, when I was at uh, the Second Street home, I would call her, you know, like, Lizzie, Lizzie, are you here? And a lot of people do that over and over and over yeah. again. And she is tired of being called back there asking her, did you kill your stepmother and father? In fact, I have an EVP of me asking her that. And I hear a blood curdling scream, like, stop asking me that question. Like, no, like, no more, no more. Uh, and that to me is enough to, for me not to go back to the murder house and to call her back there. And I've, I've tried my best not to do that. Uh, and then she also said, she, she pointed to a, she talked about a woman named Bertha Manchester. Uh, and I did not even know who Bertha Manchester was. Uh, Ber Bertha Manchester was a, um, was a woman that was murdered around the same time as the Borden families were murdered by, by a hatchet. Uh, but she was actually in, in prison while this was, that murder took place. Uh, so she wanted me to look into the murder and that maybe the same person that, that killed Bertha Manchester may have killed her family. Wow. Was the uh, prison close to their house anywhere? No, no. So she, the, there's okay. no, it wasn't close to Fall River. It, it was in uh, New Bedford. It was close, but okay. not back in 1892. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
We have a couple questions here from the chat that I want to uh, go ahead and bring in here. So I have to scroll back up. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, Sarah Yusuf. Over time, there are several dark themes that arise. Have you seen those themes continue beyond the Lizzie Borden time period? Yeah, so um, I've interacted with Sarah before. She actually suggested the idea that... Um, so I was called to this case and to give you an idea, like leading up to it, I was actually working on another project, but the project was based in Canada. So um, I was, I was booked for the, during the curse of Lizzie Borden. So that because of COVID, I couldn't do the Canadian show. Uh, so, um, so I get a call. And so, as soon as I got the call, it was almost like I was called to this case, almost like an entity that was darker was wanting me at that house again. And right before COVID, I actually investigated uh, the, the murder house. And I had probably the most profound investigation that I've ever had. And it was extremely, extremely dark. And this was on March 13th, 2020. Uh, and also I was a part of the investigation with the dark zone at the house with Susan Slaughter. So it was almost like I was being prepped for what happened or what unfolded during the investigation uh, with Dave Schrader for the curse of Lizzie Borden. Um, I do think that the darkness was not, um, was not Lizzie Borden. It was something else. Like I do think uh, we've said that this case had signs of being potentially, um, I don't want to say the D word, but it, it had signs of right. it. It really did. And yeah, it's um, at least very dark and malevolent. If not dark and malevolent, the D -word. A, it was the darkest, the darkest case that I, I've ever worked on. Um, things like I would wake up at three fifteen. the two weeks leading up to this case. I got a call from okay. a, from a psychic who said that I was going to be uh, heading to a TV show. She had no idea that I was heading heading to a TV show. Um, in a black SUV, I was going to um, get into a fatal car accident on I-93 heading to the set. And so I, I took a train. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I took a train to avoid riding in a car um, yeah. whether it was an Uber and like, I was like, I'm, so I'm going to take a train and avoid this premonition. And, um, so guess what? Dave Schrader is driving a black SUV and I'm like, Oh shoot. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> he like pulls up. Maybe hey, you saved Dave going? by not being in it. Right. <laughs> and so we, so we, there's one scene where we head out to the woods and I'm driving, like right. Dave's driving and, and, and I'm like, I am not driving that car because in the premonition, I was driving the car and um, and, oh, and I okay. and I died. And, and, and guess what road we go down to go to the woods? I-93. So, oh. yeah, it, it was it really it really had signs. Another thing, too, that uh, during the seance, so the woman sitting next to my left, Luann, I feel like. Um, well, I know she was taken over by that dark force and right. I saw claws coming out of her hands um, and I can see things that other people can't see. Um, she also tells me after uh, the seance, and I knew this while this was going on, I take the pen from her hand while she's automatic writing, writing 666 on the on the paper because uh, she wanted to kill me um, or the entity wanted wanted her to kill me. Um, so I was I was in danger during that seance and uh, she I tried my best to block it because it was going. It was wanting to 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 kill me. Because so, you were related to them. I'm sorry. Because because I was going to stop it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Not because I was related. Because I was sitting next to her, and I was the closest thing to the pen in her hand. Gotcha. <laughs> and, gotcha. and, so, and also, I mean, take out I, the closest person. And also, too, like we that what we did in the seance was, I mean. Chris and I together was a tour de force where we crossed over spirits. So they mm -hmm. they want they did not want those spirits to cross, but the spirits desperately wanted to be crossed to the other side. Uh, and so there was a desperation from the spirit realm, but that dark entity was holding them back, specifically the children. So let me ask you this, Sam. Uh, what do we know? What was going on? with this house before the house was there was there something else on the particular property was there something going on with the land uh, because the house the property it has a very very dark history that extends beyond just lizzie borden you know you've, we've talked about uh you know the the other tragedies that happened within the family that happened next door and the well all these different things so is there something going on with that land Absolutely. Like before I started, my theory 
uh, and it continues to be my theory. Um, so this is on the outskirts of the Bridgewater Triangle. So we know the, that that right. area in Massachusetts has a lot of strange occurrences. Mm -hmm. This also part of the land. I've had uh, investigations where Native Americans have have actually come into my circle asking me for help. Uh, that they're that they're, they're that they've been their their bones or the remains have been desecrated. Uh, and they're on so, the on the property of the house. Yeah, like like I I've wow. been investigating, like trying to talk to Lizzie Borden, trying to talk to Bridget Sullivan, and a Native American uh, Sachem walks into the room uh, as a clairvoyant. I'm like, okay, sir, hello, <laughs> and, and he's wanting me to to help the Native Americans. So the the land is stained with blood, and it's stained with the Native American blood. Uh, the if you look at King King Philip's War, uh, there was a lot of wars that happened around that area, uh, and I and I strongly feel that there was a, a massacre in that. Part, that that area that around the Lizzie Borden house or the the Borden murder house. Hmm. Okay, interesting, Victoria. Okay, how'd you know I had a question? Um, okay, I know you, this you had that look. <laughs> we we've been doing this together for a while now. You had that look. I just show up. Okay, um, I know the sofa is not real, but are there any um, pieces of furniture, especially in Abby's room, that are tied to the house to the family? Yeah. So so. I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a psychometrist. So a lot there, a lot of the woodwork is original. Um, also, Lizzie's book collection is her mm. books. So she touched oh, wow. those books, and so I, I actually would use and, and like during the seance, like the producers wanted me to like do what I do as a psychometrist and to read the books. But I, I, you know, there was so much going on, I didn't have time really to do that. But I have done that before, and I have gotten images from the books. So there, there are objects that are original. There's woodworking, like like a molding around the the house that's original. Um, the the flooring, the floor that's right beneath the couch is stained with blood as well. I mean, like the blood mm. from the murders mm. were seeping through, and like the blood has been has been there since 18, 1892. Still you know, there. It, it, when they yeah when they they actually did a forensic like 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 looking for the blood um, I don't know what, what you call it where you have the black light and yeah. you can see the the right. blood they found they found blood in the area where where uh, where Andrew Borden was was killed wow okay so that's part a um, number two um, I'm sure people have gone there and investigated and what's a nice way of saying this they probably don't have um, the same outlook. Yeah, <laughs> they're not as, they're not as nice as we are. Okay, yeah. um, do you think people provoking and trying to trigger? Maybe that's what's the word? Is it tupla or tupla? Tupla? A tupla or thought form. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you think they've actually manifested something there too? Yes, mm. and and that that is that is that has been. Um, that's another, and that's, and that's something Dave Schrader and I actually talked a lot about off camera. I'm like, Dave was like, Sam, what do you think is going on here? And I'm like, I really think that there is a tulpa, uh, our thought form, because it's been investigated over and over and over again. Right. People have asked, Lizzie, did you kill your father, your your father and stepmother? Um, people, people like certain shows that are known for provoking have been there and, and, <laughs> All hell broke loose after uh, after they investigated that house, and not to not to name names, but after they investigated the location, uh, there was an infestation of flies, which is an indication of a darker entity. The 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 the, the, the two investigators got very sick and they had to leave the house. So yeah, I mean, I think that the investigators brought their own baggage into the house, and some of it may actually be a thought form or it may have actually been a like a darker energy that's still lingering in the basement. Yeah, is it connected to um Eliza's house through water by any chance? Yeah, so that's a that's a good point. So like so I will tell you I had a dream over and over again where I'm getting pinned to the bed and Bridget Sullivan is showing me in her closet there's a cistern like a water source that go that goes down to the basement. And she's, she was showing me that that's where she hid the bloody hatchet. Uh, she hid it for Lizzie uh, the, 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 during the morning of the murders. And so if there's a water source that goes all the way down, and give you, to give you an idea too, like the, they didn't have, have bathrooms. They had right. a privy that was in, in, the, in the cellar in the basement. So, uh, so I do think that there may have been something connected, like a water source. I'm not sure about this. Victoria, but I think that mm -hmm. that there may have been something connecting the two houses. Yeah, because that would explain a lot. Yeah, so, and and the uncle 
um, do you really think he was involved somehow? I mean, I, I saw in the documentary he was doing satanic stuff or or conjuring stuff. I don't know if it was satanic, but uh, yeah, they took they took. Like yeah, so so I've always thought John Morris is someone uh, should be a, a suspect. Mm -hmm. uh, his his alibi was so suspicious. So he comes in, he comes into the house the night before, uh, kind of unexpectedly, uh, talks to Andrew Borden about it, about the will, uh, his will, which is kind of a weird topic to have the day before you're murdered. Um, <laughs> and, and then on the the morning of the murders, uh, he actually had an alibi. He actually went to. Uh, one of the relatives' house houses up on the in the Highlands, which was the the nicer part of town, and so he uh, his alibi was so suspicious. It was like you know I talked to the Reverend on the corner. I talked to the the trolley conductor uh, at at ten forty five, and and then I and so he had a really really strong alibi, almost almost too like much too of an tight. alibi. Yeah, yeah, it was suspicious. He comes home at 11.45, like right after the murders occurred, almost like he like knew when they were going to happen. Uh, he goes to the pear tree, gets a pear. There, meanwhile, there are investigators and police all in the house. And he goes into the house. And the thing is, um, some, another thing that's suspicious as well, he normally stayed on the third floor or the attic next to where Bridget Sullivan, the maid, stayed. Uh, and during this stay, he actually was staying on the second floor in the same room that uh, Abby... Abby Borden was 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 bludgeoned to death, and he actually spent the night in the room where Abby was killed. Hmm, like he to was me, that's scoping suspicious. it out. Yeah, let me just scope the room out first, and then you know, <laughs> let me, let me I'll back be on the up to, I want to back up to something you said uh, a, a few minutes back when you're talking about Bridget and Lizzie. You you actually said that Bridget was hiding the hatchet for Lizzie in my dream. So I had it. I had a dream. Yeah, I had a recurring dream where I'm getting pinned to the bed uh, and she's showing me what happened. Because I, I feel like Bridget Sullivan has a lot of a lot of guilt uh, in the afterlife associated with what's what happened in 1892. So you think and, that, well, at least from this dream, that she was involved basically as an accessory that yeah. that Lizzie committed the murder. And then there's Bridget, you know, hiding the evidence. Yeah. And that's that's what she was showing me in the dream that she was she she was an accomplice uh, to the murders. And some people actually think she was involved, but she was, there were only two people in the house at the time. Bridget said she was taking a nap when the murders took place. Uh, and then at one point she was washing the windows when Abby was killed. Right. Uh, and then uh, Lizzie said she was in the barn eating pears. Uh, and there was no indication that she was in the barn whatsoever, like no footprints yeah, and, and or in her story, because she kept changing her story. At one point, wasn't she supposed to be getting fishing equipment or something like that? Yeah, like the, both of their stories didn't mesh, and yeah. there, it was suspicious. And you would, but you, if they were actually uh, like working together, you would think that they would actually talk about their their story. You know, like they would like plan it out. Uh, but what right. what I was getting from, like from the dream and from Bridget's spirit is that she walked in saw what happened and decided for whatever reason to support lizzie and to help her uh, hide the weapon and also to uh to get rid of the blood evidence because the what's also suspicious there was no blood like she was not the documentary had her had the actress playing her who was fantastic by the way looked just like mm -hmm. lizzie Borden. yeah, I, yeah but, I thought the uh, yeah. the actors were great <laughs> in that yeah yeah and so she and in the recreation they had her covered in blood she actually was not covered in blood she was wearing the blue dress it was only a speck of blood uh and and so so that part was a little like wrongly dramatized, but I also think that that you know there was something about bloody rags in the in the basement that um, may have been like the actual rags like Bridget mm -hmm. used to clean up and Lizzie used to clean up the the blood the blood at the, in the house, uh, and they said it was um, was menstrual rags. So uh, so. To me, like that keeps coming up over and over again, like the the bloody rags in the basement. Okay, point point of order here. Okay, if <laughs> if Elizabeth, right? Not Elizabeth. Lisbeth. 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 Okay, if Elizabeth really was abused by her father, um, and Bridget saw that, perhaps they would. I don't want to say be in cahoots, but she would be supportive supportive of her. Um. And I last time when we all talked, you said that there was a man and a woman, or you had the impression that there was a man and a woman, and the woman was actually, or Lizzie, I'm sorry, Lizbeth was actually dressed up like a man from the artist's sketch. Is that still a valid point, or has have 
yeah, ideas I mean, changed a little. I, I will say that that my point of view of Lizzie. Um, so, so Lizbeth is is sort of like the leader in life, but we're talking about the woman that was in the house during the murders. I still call mm -hmm. her Lizzie. Um, okay. So, um, not, you know, to kind of, but but the, so Lizzie actually um, was definitely someone who had like. like she, I don't like. Okay, I feel like that's that. I I feel like that. So in the dream, to kind of re replay the dream. So in the dream, there was a woman. So it's a black and white dream. She's walking. She's holding a hatchet. There was a man behind her wearing a fedora, uh, mm -hmm. and and almost like he was like a puppet master. Uh, so uh, so, I. What was the part about me, me saying about the, the that she may have been a man? I think you had said that you had a dream or you had an impression that there was a man and a, a woman involved. Yeah. But there was a sketch artist, and when she drew the man's face, it was really uh, Lizzie's face, dressed like a man. Yeah, and so I, I, I have, I've always thought that there may have been some gender uh, identity issues uh, mm -hmm. going on on with both Bridget and with Lizzie. Uh, and you know, I've always, I've also also suspected that she was a lesbian too. But I, but I, there's no proof of that that she actually was right. in fact a lesbian. So I, I was, you know, when I first like met her first started like investigating her i'm like oh she was you know she was she was this she was that that's changed over time uh so in my dream and this is the dream that i had over and over again was mm -hmm. that there was a man and a woman the woman was holding the hatchet and there was a man behind her wearing a fedora and kind of like black sunken in eyes and almost like he was a puppet master and there was the subtitles that were talking like recounting what was going on you could see Andrew on on the couch, like with his head had reclined, and I don't actually see the murders, but you can tell it that's about to happen. In the right. bottom of the this the the Chiron or the script, it said Diablo did it. Diablo did it over and over again, and I would wake up screaming. Oh yeah! And so <laughs> the devil did it. Like that's just terrifying. So I, you know, getting to like the like the. Um, the, the, maybe the man was Lizzie. I mean, yeah, like there was stuff going on, but she had a relationship mm -hmm. with Nance O'Neill uh, later on in life and Maplecroft. She hung out with the theater crowd. Uh, and so right. she, there's the only, the only people that really would accept her. So her, her, her life after the murders, after being acquitted was, she was a, a, a cause to celeb, but she was in, in a very negative way. Uh, people would throw rocks at her, uh, mm -hmm. at her house. They would see that horrible rhyme. You know, Lizzie right. Borden took an axe, gave her father 40 wax that we all know. But imagine being like, while you're alive, hearing kids say that on the street in front of you, you know? Uh, so it was a pretty miserable life. And so, she, but she liked, she hung out with a the theater crowd uh, and she kind of had, uh, had sort of like a, a bubble of friends in the afterlife, and a lot of them were women. Uh, I do know that there was a relationship with the with the uh, the chauffeur, uh, and I forget his name, but he was the chauffeur at Maplecroft, and I suspect that she had the hots for him. So, um, <laughs> and so I, you know, and I I know that Emma, like Emma, also I think may have had a thing for him as well. And I I think like if you look at their relationship, like they had a breakup, like so Emma uh, and Lizzie they separated. Uh, while they were right. at Maplecroft. And if you look at sort of like the evidence, the evidence suggests it's related to Mr. Tatro, who's the, who is the the chauffeur. Hmm. Well, if she was really, and I'm sure she was uh, abused by her father, I could see how she would have like, a, I don't want to say a split personality, but like another side of her personality where she would emulate a man trying to take back that power. So I could see that very yeah, easily. I mean, there was definitely psychological, uh, case like, like things going on and you know when it comes to the sexual abuse i i have not had the proof as an as a researcher or investigator however um when i started investigating like later on like this is like right before the the, the lockdown there was a lot of sexual um abuse discussion we were doing the estes method um and i was sitting there and it was like um you know like uh, it was rape it was, it was horrible horrible things that were that were being discussed and and I do think that there was definitely sexual assault. I mean, there was things like, for example, uh, she had a she had a ring that she gave her father. It was like a wedding ring, uh, like a, a ring that that she gave her her dad. Her dad gave it back to her, like right, like the couple like a year before uh, he was he was murdered. And then um, there's a photo of her with the with the ring, but the ring is uh, on her wedding her, her wedding finger. Oh. Uh, almost like almost like that there was a weird. Um, 
there definitely was a real relationship with her and her father. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. Ooh, can I ask one more question about the EVP that y'all got in the, the house? Sure. Okay, sorry. I'll be real quick. Um, uh, Dave, and I'm sorry, I forgot the lady's name, but Dave and the lady were speaking um, and they played the EVP forward and it says, I'm a good girl. And then she played it backwards and it said something totally different. When did people start playing EVPs backwards and do they back mask or is this just like a one-off? Um, so, so when it comes to the, um, the investigation portion, I wasn't in the house, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I don't, I don't really know like, uh, like the, the playing it forward and playing it backwards. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that I got from Lizzie uh, while I was channeling, uh, while I was picking up on the energy. I'm a good girl. I'm a good girl. I didn't even know about the EVP. Yeah. So my, I'm a good girl thing I was getting from Lizzie or Lizbeth was actually what she picked up on as an EVP and her name is Luann. Uh, so she, okay. so right. the playing it backwards, I don't know, like, did, like did, I, I am an investigator, but I'm really old school. So I'm not, I'm not like, a, um, uh, I don't know, like I, I use dousing rods and I like, I, I say what I pick up, but I, I'm not like a playing a, playing a, a EVP forward and backwards. I'm lucky to get an EVP, you know, to be able to turn right. the, the on button on my recorder, you know? <laughs> I mean, Mike, is that a thing? Have I just been missing this? Or I mean, I've heard of people doing that before. It's not like um, not like the know, something that it's not like <laughs> something people do every single time that they you know try to find EVPs. I mean, you would have to, if you think about it, you would basically have to listen to all the investigation footage forward and then listen to all of it backward. It's already long enough listening to it going <laughs> forward. So, so there had to have been something that clued her into. Let me try this one backwards. Yeah, before I, she attempted I, to do that. I will say this, like Luann, like she's like blew me away with the EVPs. I mean, like I'm just like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> like, and so some people, but th that's the thing. Like when someone is that good, um, you know, maybe there's something attached to them. You know, mm -hmm. like like you can get those EVPs like that. Like maybe there's a darker energy attached to the person, to the investigator. Right. Wow, that was amazing. That I was speechless at that one. Anyway, yeah. Okay. All right, uh, we have some more questions here from the chat. This one's from our uh, chat moderator, Alina. She asks, uh, Sam, do you feel Lizzie likes having distant relatives visit and know about the case? So I will say that my relationship with Lizbeth, and this, this is the leader in life, this is the one that I'm kind of like in good with. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, 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 feel, I feel an affinity toward her. I will say that my interactions with her have been kind of sassy. Uh, so she's been kind of like, you're like okay, you know, you're like wh like whatever uh, with me, but I I I personally feel that an obligation if she's my cousin to uh, to you know to tell her story to tell her story correctly. You know what yeah. what was she you know was she a victim of sexual abuse? Was Andrew a monster like he's been portrayed over and over again uh, in through tours and uh, pop culture? And and I just I want to I want to tell the story as correctly as we possibly can. We, we may never know uh, for a fact that Lizzie Lizzie did kill her father and stepmother, but we can paint a, a more uh, more of a picture of her as a person. And I think that she deserves that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I agree. Uh, this one's from Steve. Interesting question here. Has anybody given this case to a, a today's lawyer, ask him or her their opinion of what would happen in court today? Cause that, that whole proceeding from, it seems like from the police investigation to the court proceedings, it seems like it was a bit of a mess. Yeah, so there, there definitely was a gender bias going on. I mean, she was a five foot four woman. Uh, she was thirty two years old. Uh, she she did not look like a killer. She was a Sunday school teacher. Uh, so, yeah. and uh, there were there was you know of course the newspapers. There was a lot of like she was like wooing the the uh, the courtroom and and all, like all. The, but I don't. I wouldn't say that she was necessarily like flirting with the, the jury. I think that she just didn't look like a murderer. You know, like you, you would not, you could not imagine a woman with such a small frame killing both her father and, and stepmother was such brutal savage, like, like a crime of passion. And now we know that that, that could happen. Uh, but I, I still, I still am sus suspect of a five foot four woman uh, killing them as, as savagely as they were murdered. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's again, it's a fascinating case, but, you know, I think there's also something to be said, you know, back during that time, if you had 
you know, a brutal murder like that in your town, it wasn't just a stain on you know that particular family. It was a stain on the entire town, the entire community. Right. Um, so, you know, there are stories about, you know, or at least speculation maybe that, you know, the, the townspeople, they were happy that she was acquitted, but, you know, they, they still believe that she had done it and, you know, absolutely disdained her. So, you know, because of this black mark now on, on their community. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think also too, if you look at the, the family lineage, um, it's a lot of, a lot of women who either have been murdered or have been, been, um, been perpetrators. And for example, we have, uh, so during the research, I, and it was like a bombshell. So I'm, I'm related to Lizzie Borden and also innocent Borden and, and Eliza through marriage through a Borden. Uh, but I'm also related to Eileen Warnos and, and I, and that, oh, when wow. I found that out, she's the, she's the killer in Florida who killed a lot of men. Mm-hmm. And I'm also related to, uh, to Marilyn Monroe as well. So I do, I do think that there was, there is, um, something going like the, they're all women. And I think that there's an idea that women can't commit that kind of crime. Um, and so I, I think that we see with Eileen Warnos that, you, that they could. Oh, yeah. I studied that in psychology. You told oh, me. Eileen Warnos? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I did part of my thesis on her. So, oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm related hey. to her, Victoria. <laughs> well, if I'd only known, I could have got some quotes. <laughs> so, Sam, you're related to all these deadly women. Um, yeah. Is that the curse? <laughs> I mean, and, and I like getting to the word curse, I think curse is a loaded word. I do think that, yeah. that I, you know, do I think that the family is cursed? It's possible. I mean, if you look at the, the, the there's a lot of murder, there's a lot of blood uh, and they're all, t- I mean, the fact that we're tied, we're also related to Eileen Warnos. I mean, that's crazy to me. Uh, and it's it, uh, and not related to the, to the, the Putnam family. So, so Lizzie's not related to the, the Bordens are not related to the Putnam family, but I am. So all, all this, all this like, uh, iconic uh, women that are are murderers and victims. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of it kind of it kind of blows my mind to be honest with you. But I also think that 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 I have a role in this and is to to tell their stories and to tell their stories correctly. Uh, so I I you know it's my passion to revisit these cases, whether they were like as iconic as the Borden murder case from 1892 or something not as as well known like the Sarah Maria Cornell murder with Reverend Ephraim Avery. I mean, I'm more interested in that case than I am really in the Borden murder case, because I feel like that, that that's been done so much. And I want to focus on, on the the ones that, that have not been focused on and maybe give them some postmortem peace. So you're the hub, you know, (laughs) <laughs> well that's a huge responsibility it but is. it's like no it, it is <laughs> yeah i mean i i kind of feel, and i do feel like getting back to the question about like does lizzie like me um <laughs> i hope she does i mean i i think that yeah. i think that she was tired of me calling her back to the house and i i i have i've been really um she wanted me to tell everybody she wanted me to say like tell them to stop calling me back to this house and of course, you know, I go with my friends and they're like, Lizzie, are you here? You know, and, and I'm like, of so I, I could I couldn't really um, you know, like like honor her wishes, but I I personally can. I because I have that choice to say, like, you know what, I'm not gonna ask you that anymore. I'm not gonna bring you back to this house. Uh, a lot of people ask me, did she cross during the during the seance? And she did not cross, but she was in the room. And so okay. she was like looking at us, kind of like, oh, these, you know, these, you know, uh Cousin Sam over there trying to, you know, like channel Eliza Borden. Uh, but he, she was looking on. And I, I will say that she, uh, when we were crossing over the spirits, now there was not just a few spirits that crossed. There were many spirits that crossed. Um, she, so Chris Fleming and I created this, these two beams of light going to heaven. Uh, she was in the room while this was was going on. I feel like that that my cousin, Lizzie Borden, participated and the crossing of spirits. And I will say that it was sort of like a gathering of, of lost souls that have been in the neighborhood. It's not just Borden family members, but it was people that have been either killed or uh, died prematurely in Fall River that were gathered behind us while we were crossing over spirits. And Lizzie was part of that. She was helping, and I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her for helping out helping out during the crossing. Oh, that's Amazing. fantastic. Um we got about 15 minutes left in the show. I know I want to get to your upcoming book here uh, in just a moment, but I have you know, one last question about the uh, the Borden house because everybody focuses on you know Lizzie, 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 Lizzie. 
Yeah. Did anybody ever try to reach out to and have they uh, gotten any feedback from, you know, the victims, Andrew and Abby? Yeah. And that's been my passion as an investigator really is to focus on the victims. I will say every time that I've connected with Abby Borden, uh, it's been in where she was murdered. So it's in the John Morris room and it's so emotional when I walk into that room, but yeah, I, I have connected with Abby. Andrew is, is often confused. I think that there's a darker energy in the house. Uh, Andrew has been contacted as well. I haven't personally contacted him because I really I get a really negative vibe from Andrew. But yeah, I mean, people have reached out to both Abby and Andrew. And I have a friend who was a historian who actually lived in the house before it became a bed and breakfast. So he was, he's a, actually a Lizzie, he's a historian, he's a teacher, uh, and he's also a Lizzie Borden expert. And he says that uh, the, the house was not like wasn't active while he lived there. Uh, if he's like, if there's any spirit that's in, was in the house before it turned into a bed and breakfast, it was Abby Borden and Andrew Borden. So Lizzie wasn't in that house before it came a, a bed and breakfast and investigated night after night after night. Gotcha. Okay. Appreciate that. All right, let's get into your new book that's coming out. Now this is your 14th. I think we established that at the yes. beginning of the show. Yeah, I do, but go ahead, you can put it up there. Yeah. <laughs> the Ghosts of the American Revolution. So tell us a little bit about the, the upcoming book and where people can find it. So Ghosts of the American Revolution is a, it's a labor of love that has been taking two years to finally see it published. Uh, so I finished it right before the lockdown. So I was at the Lizzie Borden Ben breakfast launching my book called Mass Murders. Uh, the on the March fifteenth is when I turned in the manuscript for Ghosts of the American Revolution. Uh, it was supposed to be published last year, uh, but it's taken almost two years to publish this book because of the COVID lockdown. My publisher closed for uh, about eight months or so, uh, wow. and it, it kind of hindered the process. So the 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 effort it's taken to get this published is um, it's like a marathon, but I'm really grateful to finally get it published. Uh, what is it about? Well, oddly, it's prophetic of what happened during uh, dur- during 2020. Like, there were, like really, I, I wanted to get it. I wanted to get it published because if you think back to like February of of 2020, it wasn't it wasn't uh, as political and, and polarized and crazy as it turned out to be during like definitely during the the presidential election and and all the all the chaos that was happening so i really oddly tapped into what was about to happen in 2020 in the book and i, I wanted it published like like look I, look i talked about this you know and it actually happened during the american revolution so i felt like that history was repeating itself and uh and i was i was you know that was featured in my book now in hindsight uh it's also a great travel. So I communicate with uh, people like Benjamin Franklin. I go follow his steps throughout Philadelphia and I'm trying to like, you know, talk to his spirit. I ended up uh, actually communicating with it, what I think has been Benjamin Franklin's spirit at what was his former house. Uh, and I saw, I was looking into the foundation, like the below, and there was uh, what looks like the remnants of a privy, which is, which is a toilet. And I was looking in and I hear a voice behind me and say, that's where George Washington relieved himself. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I turned around and there was nobody there. So there was no one there to see it. Uh, and I know that Benjamin Franklin has a potty mouth. So um, I do think that that was Ben Franklin kind of like, like kind of like chiming in to the situation. And I've also really focused on people that normally don't get the spotlight, like Peter Selam, who's an African-American soldier who valiantly, valiantly fought during the American Revolutionary War, uh, like Mary Washington. Mary Washington is the mother of George Washington. He always gets all the praise, and as does his wife, Martha. But what about the mother? The mother actually formed the, the man that became our first president and so you've been down to the mary washington house well i'm actually so good i'm actually doing a book signing at the mary washington house i've never been down i talked to michelle hamilton for the for the book yes Uh, she's great uh but i'm actually going to do a a book signing at the the martha washington or the mary washington house uh on november 13th i'm doing a book signing there oh fantastic yeah you'll love the house sam it's it's fantastic yeah michelle's wonderful too so. You know, do you do astrology because the planets and the stars are in the same place right now that they were in 1776? Hello. Oh, oh really? There you <laughs> go. Yes. Well, you know, good but, sign. Maybe that's why you had to wait. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, though. Like, I, I really felt like history was repeating itself. And, like, I, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was like a playbook. But, like, Ghost of the American Revolution was like a playbook of what happened in 2020. And uh-huh. if, if, you really, if you looked at what was going on, and I'm like, 
and like and like like the protests and like the 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 tumult that was happening throughout the country, it, it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you have on tap? Obviously, the, the new book. What else do you have coming up here in, uh, I mean, we're winding down with 2021. It seems like the year's flown by. I just saw you at Mass Paracon, but uh, what do you have coming up? Yeah, so I, um, so because I was planning on going to the the Warren's Paracon this weekend, unfortunately, I'm not able to go because of a family emergency. But I do have a lot of plans for 2021. I'm really looking forward to, and oh, before that, though, I have the Vegas Paracon, the Parunity Paracon in Las Vegas. Oh, in December, yeah. In December. So I'm looking forward to that and seeing everybody. Uh, but 2021 for me is going to be a lot about a collaboration. So I really am uh, looking forward to working with people like Richard Estep, who's my good friend, on possibly writing a book together. Um, I'm also looking at, uh, so I'm a producer now for the TV show A Haunting. So I just finished uh, working on season 11 of the TV show uh, and also doing more work as a producer, as a, as opposed to being the guy in front of the camera. I love, I got, I, I, I like I, let's let's rephrase it. I don't love being in front of the camera. I actually don't like it at all. But I love being part of storytelling and also doing a good documentary. So, um, so I, the goal is really to do more behind the camera work in 2021 and and less uh, in front of the camera. You'll have more. Fun. But are we going to see you in front of the camera a little bit? Yeah. Yes, you will. <laughs> Can you tell us what? Uh, I can't tell you, but a couple of shows and a documentary. Figured. And okay. and so also too, like like as a producer, like I I could I could always go, you know, I'm gonna put myself on the on the show. I will not do that. I will not <laughs> I will not like <laughs> like I'm I think I should be on tele and that to me is a sign. Like I like everyone's like, you know, people think that that people wanna be on television. Like or, or they they ask me how to get on television. My my advice to them is don't like I don't really want to be on TV, and I get keep, I, people keep asking me to, uh, to be on the shows. So I really focus on just the, doing their research, writing the books, and I do my thing. And like, if a camera happens to be following me, so be it. You know, like that's that that's uh, something that I you know I, I can do TV, but it's not my passion. Okay, can I ask you one question? Because it just popped in my head. Sure. Aren't you aren't you doing a cruise next year? Oh, I am. Yeah. So I'm doing a cruise. That's way in the future, but you have to uh, start paying for it now. But uh, oh yeah, well, so, yeah, but, right. but you're going through the Bermuda Triangle. Hello. Okay. I know. So it's, it's it's called the Wicked Salem Cruise, and it's going to be with Dave Schrader, uh, and James Anito, uh, Richard Estep has just been added, and my friend Dina Mason, who is a high priestess witch. We're going to really focus on the witch trials in Salem. So we're going to do a pre-investigation on the U.S. of Salem, and Mike was just was just there at the Mass Paracon, um, and we're also trip. going to uh, have a day trip in Salem, Massachusetts. But what we're really going to focus on are are the witch trials not only in Salem but also in England? Uh, Richard Estep is actually an, he's written a book on the witch trials in England, uh, and we're also going to focus on the witch trials in Bermuda. So they actually this is something that happened all over the world, and so it's going to be focused on the uh, on the witch trials, and we'll we'll of course talk about the Bermuda Triangle too. <laughs> but, but aren't you well, you have to if you're sailing through it. I mean, yeah. all these paranormal people, and you all are going through the Bermuda Triangle. And well, don't I mean, you want to go around? <laughs> Well, the thing is, I, I mean, personally, I think that I think that we're we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna be okay. Cruise ships go through it all the time. All the time. With and, a bunch of paranormal people, I don't think so. No. Well, I mean, like knowing my luck, I mean, something will happen. You know, like I mean, like so, like I don't know, but like not to jinx it or anything. But I, I do think that um, the cruise, uh, the cruise definitely will attract like um, more of a spirited crowd, uh, and perhaps uh-huh. maybe maybe we'll have spirits <laughs> show up or something. But uh, but hopefully nothing really bad. Yeah. No, I think it'll be fun though. Yeah, you have uh, you have quite a connection to to Salem as well. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, like, in addition to being related to the Putnam family, and that's the thing, like, the producers of Curse of Lizzie Borden wanted for it to be tied for uh, the Bordens to be tied to the Putnams, and they actually aren't. So there's another relative that connects me to the Putnams. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've written two books called Wicked Salem, and my other book was called Ghost of Salem, and I get was a tour guide there for almost ten years. Uh, so I know Salem like the back of my hand, uh, and I, I know all the hot spots. When people like when people uh, visit Salem, which they always do, like decide to do it in October, um, they're like, "Where do you, where should I go? Where should I investigate?" And for me, um, really, Salem is not a, a not an investigation friendly place, uh, and especially like during October. But there, you know, like for me, I, I recommend like locations to visit for sure, and like and I, there's a lot to do there. 
sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it seems <laughs> it, it seems very touristy at, at this point. I mean, it's still a very historic town, but um, as, this time of year it seems to get really, really jam packed. So I don't know how you'd be able to get a uh, EVP without contamination. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, like, I mean, like, I, I get, I literally get like five to ten uh, like Facebook messages saying, "Sam, can you take me on a tour in Salem? Sam, like, where should I go to investigate Sam?" And like, it's always in October, and I, I try to make up general posts for people to kind of give them some pointers. I'm like, read my books first, but also <laughs> to like, don't go in October, go like go in November, go in December. It's like so much better. And you can actually uh, you know, use your recorder and, and do it, try to get an EVP in the cemetery, which is where I usually, re I recommend, cause you can actually access the cemeteries, uh, specifically Howard Street Cemetery. Mm -hmm. So that's where I send people generally or the Hawthorne Hotel. Okay, very cool, very cool. <laughs> Victoria, you look like you want to say something. I have some time off. No. I want to go to Salem. Well, Victoria, you should go, to, go on the, the Wicked Salem cruise, and we should we should go to, uh, you know, and, like, we, we can do a day trip. And also, too, with the cruise, if you don't want to actually take the cruise, we do have options where you can just do the day trip in Salem or just oh. do the day trip hmm. on the U.S. of Salem. Because I know some people are not uh, cruise people, and yeah, and, and right. And, and they, but they want the information. So we, yeah. we're going to set up something where you can just you know, just do the day trip in Salem. I'm, I'm what exactly is that? Uh, so it's November of 2022. Uh, okay. So it's so a little it's, bit more than a year away. Yeah. But the signups so like, are available now. Yeah. So you go to wickedsalemcruise.com. Okay. It sounds fun. I plan on being financially independent so I can just run around and do things like this. So I'm, I'm there. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I think that's kind of the goal for a lot of us, right? You know, yeah, like somehow sure. become independently wealthy. So we just run around and do all these wonderful things. It'd be amazing yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm for that. What, what I've, There's what so I've much learned to learn and investigate. Yeah. <laughs> what I've learned though, is like, like try to set, like when, when I'm taking a trip, like I, I try to always include like an investigation or like, I try to try to do multiple things while I'm going on a trip. Uh, so I can like maybe use something for my upcoming book or oh. uh, like it's, it, a, a, I, I do a lot of traveling and I love to travel. And I think that's the way to do it. Uh, if you really want to actively do like be an investigator. So you have to go out and see the world. Oh yeah. Yes. Because we can do Ireland first, then Mike will go on the cruise in November. Well, and then we have Egypt again. That's Are you going to Egypt again? That's, That's awesome. Ireland. We're going to Egypt again, yeah. So it's, wow. it's, it's, oh, it's after it's, it's after Ireland, yeah. Okay, you're going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Sam. So one more time where everybody can uh, find you. I'll go ahead and, and run the banner here again, sambaltrusis.com. But uh, go ahead and, and let everybody know because this will be an audio podcast later. Yeah, so if you want uh, more information, go to sambaltrusis.com. It's B-A-L-T-R-U-S-I-S.com. If you want uh, copies of my books, all uh, coming up on 14 books, uh, go to amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Can you get them autographed right, anywhere? Like if we go yeah. to your website? Yeah, so I do offer, like, so when I have a book coming out and I just, uh, I have author copies of my book, Ghost of the American Revolution right now, you can uh, click on my website and go and, and actually order uh, copies of, uh, signed copies of my books. Awesome. There you Never go. Did. So you want a signed copy, go to sambaltrusis.com. All right. And then the cruise was wickedsalemcruise.com. Is that it? Okay. Yep. Fantastic. All right. Sam, it's been wonderful talking with you again. Thank you so much for being our uh, you know, special Halloween uh, episode here, talking about uh, Lizzie Bourne. Of course, everybody, go out to Discovery Plus, watch the Lizzie Borden, Curse of Lizzie Borden documentary. I'll throw the banner up uh, again here. So, because um, and, and I thought that the uh, the actors they chose did a fantastic job. Like this oh, this woman yeah. here looked so much like Lizzie, and then even some of the others. I thought. Uh, had such a strong resemblance to their characters. There was one shot where she looked at the camera and broke the fourth wall. Man, I got the shippers. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely, I actually uh, now friends on social media with uh, the woman that played Eliza, and she, and I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, her name's Alicia, and I'm like, you, you captured what I saw in, during my channeling session. So the acting was just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought they did a great, great job. So, yeah. all right. 
We're at the end of our hour. So Sam, <laughs> thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers are with you and your family mm -hmm. and uh, you. safe travels this weekend. Yes. yes, I'll be out in Chicago this weekend. I probably will find a way to, to investigate a cemetery or two while I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. Yes, it was nice talking to you again. You too. All right, take care, my friend. Bye. All right, bye-bye.